Well, hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me as we dive back into the back half of Star Trek Discovery Season 4, my good friends, you know them, Lieutenant Commander Eric and Lieutenant Commander David. What's going on, gents? Welcome back to the party. It's been so long. Yeah, we're not doing the bit where we wait anymore, are we? No, no, no that's, that's not a bit anymore. David officially ended that last week. It's, it's done. Yeah, we, we put it like in a little um, little like torpedo housing unit. And we we just fired that out into like subspace. You know, it's it, we're done. We're done with it. You know, it's it's done. It's gone. It's not. It's no. We are nowhere near the Genesis planet to resurrect it either. So we're good. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> we killed it. We killed it dead. Yeah. So yeah. How um how's your week been? Oh, talking to me. Okay. <laughs> we have yeah, a new that bit wasn't now. part of the bit. Um, <laughs> no, I mean my week's been great. Um, since that, since last we were on here, I uh, I went to see Jamie Kennedy, right? Uh, a comedy show, right? Obviously, you'll recognize Jamie Kennedy from the Scream movies. Yes. Yes, that was that was really fun. Um, I went to we went I went to we I said we we went to. Um, <laughs> I was nowhere near you, Eric, man. I mean, come on now. I know. I know not we as in Chase and I or David and I. We, right? Um, mm -hmm. We went to see uh, a candlelight concert last night, a string quartet. That was really fun. I love a good candlelit string quartet. Yeah, it was fun, right? Yeah? I mean, yeah, I wasn't there, music. but yeah. Yeah, you weren't there, but you can imagine. I can. Yeah. We, there was a uh, something that my um, I can't remember what, what if it was like at um, one of my old churches or if it was just like some random like Valentine's event that I went to, but there was like this thing like just it was candlelit everything and there was a string quartet there and I was there and so I mean I have a very I have my own basis of comparison I suppose but yeah well this this was a Valentine's event. Right. There we go. It was out. It was a professional string quartet, mm, right? Out in the theater, candlelight. Yeah. It was very, very nice. Good. Very good. Very good. Cool, Tap man. around a lot of stuff there, aren't we, Eric? <laughs> You're not going to tell Chase that I flew into Texas with, without seeing him. I got it. It's fine. Yeah, that's right. David and I went. To, it was David and I, right? Yeah. Mm. We attended the candlelight, you know, the thing. The thing. All of it. They were smooching. Smooching with your brother. <laughs> no, definitely, definitely not David. He's rejecting you, David. Oh my goodness, it's okay. Yeah, I did. I did. I just rejected you. I'm sorry, David. You learn. You learn the hard David, way, David. You're just not my type. You're too fuzzy, apparently. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. <laughs> well, speaking of being too fuzzy, there have been some pictures that recently dropped on another certain fandom that's not this one and people are like all up in arms about there not being this bearded dwarven queen um on this like these the lord of the rings rings of power like vanity fair images and stuff like that and someone i know uh, they they actually grabbed the image and they like lightened it up and you can <coughs> see like beard hair um on like one of the dwarven ladies so 
We'll see if there if this dwarven queen in rings of power Man, actually those, has a beard. Those pictures are all over the place. Like yeah, they people are. People post in their cosplay rings of power, and you just see yeah. their hands, right? Yeah, yeah I know. I did, saw yeah. you did one too, Chase. I saw that. I did. You were like, I guess I'll I'll guess I'll join in. That's right. That's right. We're oh, still working on Eric place. getting um. I think we decided what Dwalin. Is that what it was? I from thought the, I thought I wanted to be Gimli, but you know. You can be Gimli. You do what you want, man. Yeah, because I'm short and pudgy, <laughs> so I should be. So I should be a dwarf. <laughs> did we did we decide on a date when our when the Middle Earth podcast was going to come out, or or are we still kicking that one around? I can't 2020, remember. 2029. Was it that, was it that late? I thought we were <laughs> going like twenty three or four on that one. Oh, well, I, I, I don't the X Files is twenty three. It's something. There, we have too many podcasts that are that are you know coming down the pike. I mean, we, you know, I'm just saying. I feel like there's a lot of Middle Earth podcasts out there, too. No. 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 Podcast land is not inundated with Middle Earth at all. Not by any means. That being said, our pilot episode is coming out next week. So, Get it in before the show. That's, that's, honestly, yeah. If you want to start a, like any fan, new fandom-type <coughs> podcast... If you know there's a show coming, start before the show. That way, by the time the show hits, you'll you'll have an audience or, just waiting or, for you. Or right when the show ends, right? You start the podcast because you got because you got to keep the people right. They're craving for more. And then you do a rewatch or a reread or both. Yeah. Mm. Pro tip, everyone. Pro tip. That's an, that's an idea. Light bulb. That's what we call an idea light bulb moment right there. Good job, Eric. Good job with That's the right. visuals. Appreciate you, man. That's right. How many bearded men does it take to screw in a light bulb? Um, let's see. Is it one to hold the light bulb and two to turn the room? Probably. I mean, there are three here, so you might as well just say three. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, was not where I, that did not go where I was expecting it to. No. Not at well, all. Please, please, Eric, go ahead. Mm. What do you mean? I don't know. Where'd you think it was gonna go? Ooh. I don't. I, I, it wasn't really a joke. <laughs> exactly. That's the point. <laughs> I was like, "Where's the punchline?" And there wasn't one. The joke I'm not is a not. Comedian. <laughs> what are we talking about? You're the, the one who went to see a comedy show. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I did. Oh man, man. You doing all right, David? Uh, yeah, not too bad. Although. Uh, we started doing this sort of hybrid schedule at work, which is really sweet. Three three days in office and two days out. Mm. And what happens, like the second day of being in office, I get like all stuffy and congested and like a very minor cold. So that's really sweet. It's nice to get back in there with everybody and all their sicky germs. Yay. Yay. It's in... in Hopefully it's not the Rona. Hopefully it's just allergies or something. No, it's... You can get sick without getting the Rona. That's true. It is possible. Dude, don't tell that to people these days. They won't believe you, man. I mean, I believe you. I believe you. Don't give me that look, Eric. I can see you. I can see you. People listening cannot see you, but I see you, my, my friend. Oh, Lordy. Okay. 
Well, I hope you have a speedy recovery, man, and uh, that the the other folks get healthy real quick so they don't spread their nasty, funky stuff around anymore. That would suck. Anyway, so that's that. I'm glad that we're all here, and um, if there's nothing else, how about we talk about some Star Trek, like we always seem to do whenever we fire up the old microphones and see each other's faces okay everyone um we're about to dive in going into spoiler territory for um for this here episode episode eight season four of star trek discovery all in red alarm red alarm and uh, if you have not watched the episode go watch it otherwise if you don't really care keep listening that's fine too um have did have either of you ever seen the show bar rescue by chance yeah I used to watch that a little bit I used to watch it uh yeah but not in a long time okay so you know you remember like I think whenever it was like there was like one show that ended and then there was like a little bit of a lull I don't remember when it was but basically it had it was like a like around lower decks or whatever I think when it was going on um I I, I kept seeing like these Facebook videos for um for bar rescue, like uh, top ten most um, overdue boss firings, or um, top ten worst health code violations, and it, like it just got me like all like curious about the show. So I started watching it, and then I get to this one episode, and like all of them start out, they're all a train wreck, right? Like with how they all start out, and this one particular episode, there's this skinny, gangly little manager guy who is like DJing, he's like sitting on the bar, he's just doing whatever, but he keeps just saying like all in, all in, I'm all in, like just over and over and over again, and I went back and I I started watching that episode again, and like they keep referencing that episode within Bar Rescue, and even like the Bar Rescue, like back to the bar specials, and I just, they, they remix it and stuff. So whenever I saw, the, the point of this is, whenever I saw the title of this, and I and like then they started saying all in at different points of this, I just kept thinking of that one guy from Bar Rescue. Like I could not get that sound bit out of my head. All in, all in, I'm all in. And they always add like this little like slap sound, like this smack sound to it, which just makes it a little <laughs> bit funnier too. So I didn't know if I was like the only one that remembered that from Bar Rescue. Like there might be like some people in Listenerland that remember that show with um, John Taffer. I think was his uh, name. John was the host? Taffer. Yep. John Taffer. Yeah. So, okay. In all seriousness, though, uh, with with this episode, I felt like we got like a really long cold open before the title card even hit. Well, I mean, this show doesn't do cold opens, doesn't do teasers. It does act one and then the intro, right? I mean, you have to think of it that way. Sure. But I, this this was really, this was, I didn't look, but it was at least 10 minutes long. It was pretty close to that, yeah. Because, like, I watch, so I, the way, what I try and do is, like, watch it in the morning and I try and watch it again in the evening, um, like, to, you know, get ready for the show so it's still kind of, like, fresh. So um, I put it on on the TV in the living room while I was uh, giving my son his bath. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm just going to bathe him. And then I'm just going to, like, 
you know, that should like hit about the time that like his bath is ending and I'm getting him, him like ready for bed. Like when the title, like the, the opening credits are airing. No, no. Like I would, no, it took for freaking ever, man. Holy cow. Like Eric, I think you're right. Like it had to have been like at least 10 or 12 minutes before like the da, da, da music started going on and all that it was, stuff. It was long. It that's, was long. That's just, yeah. that's just Discovery's thing, right? Long act one before the intro. Anyway, and then, yeah, then we recrapped. <laughs> we recrapped. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, is that what they call a Freudian slip? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we now, we now know how uh, Chase is uh, ranking later in the episode. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> we recapped all of the first half of the season um, in the last time on Star Trek Discovery, by the way, just in case you forgot. This is I kind of did. Honestly, I, mean, I kind of yeah. did. I, I, I kind of appreciated the recap because I, I had completely forgotten kind of what yeah. was going on. It all came back pretty quickly, but I'm like, you know, I turned it on. I was like, well, crap. I, what did happen? I mean, we well, had we, we keep having these lulls. This episode, like, just reinforces my belief that whoever made this decision to, like, break apart Prodigy and this show into, like, two pieces, it was the wrong decision. Because, like, like, you're gone for, what, five, six weeks, yeah. right, from Discovery, and you come back with this episode, right? It's like, this is the episode you come back with after, like, a long break. It, like, it was really bad. It like like not the episode was bad but it was really bad that this is the episode you came back with and the fact that wait what happened i oh yeah that's right yeah i had to think about it to remember what happened yeah and like it wasn't that memorable and like the thing with um a lot of recaps um even if it's like just like week to week like you might have like one moment that happened like a week two three weeks prior and it's going to be like a story beat that you're going to actually pick up on and i saw um gray and adira in like one of the clips i'm like oh wait are we going to have gray and adira back and no we're not yeah one of the most annoying things about discovery where the <laughs> you just don't see characters for a while <laughs> yep i mean this this is what episode eight, right? Yes, episode eight. I think this is it is at least the third episode where we have not seen the bridge of the discovery. It might be the fourth episode. Is at least three though. Yeah. We have not even been to the bridge of the titular ship. Stormy weather, I think, was the last time that we saw the bridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think. So. Yeah. Yeah, because like they were doing like the whole like. Yeah, the two the two conversations. Yeah, they were going like bouncing around from from person to person on the bridge, but yeah, like we didn't see it in but to connect. We were in two <coughs> separate different conference halls, basically. Like yeah. so w- one was a ready room and one was over at um at HQ that we were meeting with folks. So anyway, um, so yeah, we get this really long recap, which good bad indifferent whatever and one of the last things that happened 
last time was, of course, um, Tarka and Book. They're like, forget you guys. We're getting out of here. And, oh, by the way, we're going to steal this um, uh, prototype spore drive. And we're going to go do our own thing. So forget you guys. We're out of here. And that's basically right where we're picking up uh, for yeah. the most part. Yeah, it's uh, like immediately right after that. Yeah. And with with them, like, piecing out, like, they're trying to figure out where they're going to go, like, trying to make themselves scarce. But also we have Admiral Vance. We have the Dadmiral that's back. We actually get to see him do some stuff. And he's... Kind of. Yeah, kind of, like in the beginning and certainly in the end, but that's about it. But we get to see him being an admiral and being like... Kind of. He's, he's yelling at people. He's pretty upset. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> um, so someone stop me if I'm if I'm going like too far off the reservation with, with stuff. But like, let's scramble some Eisenberg-class ships, which was a nice nod to um, Aaron Eisenberg, by the way. I like, I like that. Um, and like talking to some random dude like how'd this happen how'd it happen well he had your code oh, oh shoot yeah that thing was double <laughs> password protected how did he I get you, it out of there he had I went two through passwords <laughs> two-factor authorization the, people yeah that's what <laughs> how did he get my cell phone in order to get the pa- one-time passcode <laughs> it was sent to your email address <laughs> yeah, so we have we have some some shenanigans where we have like a little bit of a kerfuffle going on um, because everyone's just scrambling trying to get them. Like, how do they get away with this this highly classified, basically this prototype thing that we need that we're gonna probably fall apart if we don't have it because we want to eliminate our dependence on dilithium and. We still we we've made a decision, but they've clearly gone against this decision, and now we got to have a good conversation about like how didn't you know this? Why didn't you anticipate this kind of stuff? Can I can I just throw in one little quick thinker here? If you must, yes. <clears throat> okay, I will. Okay. I must. I must, Chase. <laughs> so they talk about limiting their dependence on dilithium, right? So what are we talking about? Just like outfitting every ship with a spore drive. And the only reason I I thought about this a little bit was because if you have a whole bunch of ships on spore drive technology, aren't you going to potentially overtax the mycelial network? 100%. Like, isn't that something that we kind of worried about beforehand? Like, are we damaging this network here? So what happens when you have a whole bunch of Starfleet ships and that's how they run? Right. Maybe that's overthinking it, but that was something that popped into my head. Well, that's, I mean, that's the thing that we, we addressed in season two, like where the, the mycelial beings were like, please stop. You're hurting us. Yeah. And then that storyline just like went away and I was like, yeah, like the we writers just forget <coughs> about it. But then they kind of like mentioned it earlier in this season when like Stan was just going on a rant about Tarka. It's like, this guy, he's not even taking my calls. How can he not? I'm the guy who created this. And, like, he has to worry about the Joseph, and they actually mention it. It's like, oh, the writers, maybe they didn't forget about this. Well, it's not the first time that we just kind of disregarded those sort of things. I mean, because, my God, we weren't able to 
uh, travel over what was it like warp five at one point yeah, because it was destroying yeah. space fabric and then all of a sudden it's like just go to warp 14 it's fine yeah for like two episodes after that they were like warp speed limitations are still in effect and then they just dropped it it's like this is dumb we need to go fast hmm. go fast according to dal let's go, go fast, fast. Oh, yeah, and man. so President Rillick is giving them, she's giving them her best stern talking to. Yep, I'll ask you both just once. Did you have any idea this was coming? No. Okay, why not? <laughs> yeah, okay, why not? <laughs> Come on, well, that, Rillick. Well, that I mean, that is kind of a question, though, that you, you could ask somebody, because at, at the end of the day, you have this ego-driven scientist who's clearly... I would say, or at least clearly for me, out for themselves. And Burnham totally knew about Book. I mean, she she knew that this guy was struck. I mean, it was the subject of how many episodes since the destruction of his planet? At least two like, episodes. I mean, this is all we've kind of had for Book, him, him struggling and struggling. and str- It's like you never once thought that he might try and do something. Even after the his, you know, his speech and everything, it's like... It's not. It's not an invalid question, at least, but it's also like almost rhetorical, you know, in the, in, the, in a dressing down. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then they're like, then President Rose like, Burnham, you have a mission to go out there and try to find the species Ten C, right? But you're not. You're not going after and looking for book, right? And Admiral Vance is like, I agree. You're too close to this. You can't go look for book. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> eh, eh? Get what I'm saying? No, but like, listen, I actually am going to say something very nice about this episode right now. So what's the time into the episode? I'm going to say something nice. Okay. Michael Burnham. Known rule breaker known insubordinate, right? Known I'm going to do what the hell I want because I'm Michael Burnham and I'm amazing. This was the perfect setup for Michael Burnham to just disregard orders and say F you, Admiral Vance. F you, President Rillick. I'm doing what I want. I'm going and looking for book. And you know what? The show didn't do that. So like I'm going to applaud the show for not doing that again because, quite frankly, it's annoying. <laughs> and so it wasn't Michael Burnham who said, I'm going to disregard orders. It, Admiral Vance came and gave a talk and said, hey, I know you've got this mission to go out there and, like, find this species 10C, but we know Book's not going to any place that we can think of. But you can probably think of a place he's going. So, in the parameters of your mission, maybe go on and look a little sidetrack a little bit. Yeah, go, go sneak a peek. It'll be <laughs> yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, just go sneak a peek. And so I, I applaud the episode for doing, for not just being like Michael Burnham saying, whatever, I do what I want. I'm Michael Burnham. <laughs> Bitch. Whoa. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. Kid, kid show. <laughs> no, but that, I mean, I, I think that, that that's something we've talked about a little bit here and there, kind of uh, 
lightly trying to provide some um, some growth for Burnham's character, a little bit more team player, a little bit less, mm-hmm. you know, Captain Kirk rogue. You know what I mean? Or the idea of, of the roguish Captain Kirk, even though that's not exactly how he was. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I, I whenever I don't know, I don't I don't do I, I don't I don't wanna be that guy, but I'm gonna be that guy. <laughs> like there's a part whenever Admiral Vance is talking to Burnham, like one on one. And he's saying something along the lines of as my most one of my most adept and creative um, officers under my command da 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 and I'm like did we forget <coughs> already how things were like in season 3 just recently like did we just completely forget that like butting heads not good relationship type of thing I mean this this show can't make Michael Burnham look bad. It has to heap praise on her. I don't know. That just I mean there was just something about that line that just really rubbed me the wrong way. So no, I, I totally I totally get what you're saying. Absolutely. So, um I think you can still have that like the idea behind that, but like anyways, I'm not a writer. I'm not going to claim to be a writer, but I, don't know. I just think it could have been treated a little bit differently and still got like the same message across, essentially, with with what was happening in that moment. That, let's leave that alone, though. So, let's get the heck out of Dodge. Basically, like we essentially were we're bouncing around between um, the boomerang ship with Tarka and Book, and we're also on the Discovery, preparing to go somewhere. Um, Book and, and Tarka are talking about like how like what it was like with this this prototype and it's very efficient. It was it was great. It was it's fantastic. It was everything I dreamed of and more. Yay! And um, basically saying I know a place that we can go. Basically, so let's go there. I don't think there's anything else that needs to be talked about with that. Right? No, that's what happens. Okay. So in the meantime, we're having a little walk and talk, courtesy of the West Wing. Um, on on Discovery and um, <laughs> and Gilmore Girls, they do walk and talk in Gilmore Girls also um, throughout the ship. Uh, but before we even get too far into that, um, we're we're unless I'm getting my scenes mixed up, um, we're we're getting some more information. I think about the DMA. If I, if am I getting my my scenes mixed up? Yeah. No, you're, yeah. You're before good. before the walk and talk. Yeah, yeah. Conversation of of um, kind of like what's what's up and um, collecting some data, um, like the whole teams together of some stuff. And Zora even chimes in to help because she's a yeah. she's a specialist now. Stan was like, "I'll go to the data," and Zora's like, "I'll do it. I got, I got you. it. I got, <laughs> I got you, boo. This will take me like all of like three thousandth of a millisecond. I got you, boo. Let's go." And then they're doing their walk and talk, and Saru is like, you know, I'm smarter than you think I am. I was the captain of this ship <coughs> once, too. I know something's up, and you're not just going to check in with this guy that you knew before. Something's up. That's true. 
Yeah. He's the, like, ah, Saru, you got me. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, even, even before that, you know, there was the whole, we support you. We support you in everything, Michael. Um, but why? Which, because they're a family. You know this, Eric. We've talked about it so many times. It's a family ship, okay? It's, it's all about family. Um, that we don't see half the time. Yeah, very. I, you know, sometimes the family just has to stay in their room, okay? They just That's they true. just got to stay in their rooms. And ang- angry clean. Exactly. <laughs> but But before that, we did get just that little tiny piece about uh, a race of people that lived within like 30 light years of mm-hmm. the galactic barrier with the, the still for the, the something stilf. like still yeah yep yeah, yeah that's and so we're gonna they've made contact with the Orions so we're gonna go meet somebody who can put us in touch with the Orions so we can get in touch with the still right Right. Well, they That's didn't even really want to get in touch with them. They just wanted their like their star charts. It's like they're warp capable. Clearly, they have done star mapping, and they will have all of these things for us. It seemed really convenient. It's like what they're just gonna give out their little star mapping stuff just willy nilly. Yeah. <laughs> right. How do you even know they do it? They might not even care. They might have just think- made ships and said screw it. Yeah, but for Burnham, that's just that's that's the front, right? That's like. You know, not the real mission. This is just yeah. an excuse to go somewhere. True. Yeah. I just I just thought it was I just thought it was like one of those like ultra convenient just let's just push the show forward type of moments. But I get really hung up on that kind of stuff because it's like, are we gonna like meet them? Are they important? Do we know about them? It's like, do I have to ask Chase like to do deep dive research for me on this subject? Mm. Who are the stilf? Are there neighbor planets, the MILF and the DILF? I don't know what's going on here. I just want to learn. You can bleep that out too, but I just, I was just curious and it's like, we're just, we're just moving ourselves away from it. There's, there's nothing to it. It's just like, let's just get star charts. It'll be great. Hey, here's the thing. If you watch it with subtitles, it's with a PH at the end, not an F. Hey man. I mean, you know, fat, fat can be F or it can be PH too. You know, you could do, do whatever you want. Okay, everyone, welcome back to um, to the family show here on, on these other voyages. Wow. Okay. I feel like I'm gonna have to cut all that out or bleep it or something. Dang. Please do. Anyway, Please do. So, like, like I, ha- I have, I have a problem here that I want to talk about. I have, a, I have a problem also. I wonder if it's the same problem, Eric. So, Book and Tarka are going to this place, right? Yes. They're going to this place where Book knows a guy who has Isolinium, right? And it's called, like, the Karma Barge or something like that. Yes. Right? Like, just a dumb name, but whatever. Like, and it's essentially a casino. Here's another casino. Right? What is televisions and science fiction's fascination with casinos right now? We have this casino here. The Book of Boba Fett has this casino in it, right? It does, it's not a huge part of it, but it's there, and they go to it in multiple episodes, right? We we went to Stardust City Rag, which was a casino. Free planet. Cloud, yeah. Free yeah. Cloud. We had you know the Last Jedi. We had to go to Canto Bight. 
I'm sure there are other casino things out there, but what is science fiction's fascination with having futuristic casinos? Like, there are other places out there in the galaxy, other things we can do. Yeah. Rant over. Okay. I don't know if this bothered anybody else. Well, you know, it's because we're going to go see slimy people. Slimy people are only at casinos. Yeah, all games. It's the only place people. they are. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, this wasn't the thing I was going to that wasn't the thing I was going to bring up. Um, but, but does that bother anybody else? I so like it bothers me from the extent of like if if we're trying to have a con- interconnected world in Star Trek, like we've seemingly always had, right? Um, up up to this point. Why not have like a Star City rag, you know, a, a free cloud that we can go to, right? Like, why not just... Like, you already have the assets that you've created in, like, whatever you've created, like, for your visual stuff. You already have the assets that you can just, like, plug and play with and tweak a few things to make it look <coughs> 900 years more advanced. But, like, why not just use that instead of, like, creating, like, you know, a riverboat with some slot machines on it? Well, because then we'd be complaining about how they tried to tie in everything, Chase. Instead, you could get a very terribly CGI'd riverboat. You don't want a terribly CGI'd riverboat? With a holographic dragon that protects it. Yeah. No. No. I mean, I don't know. I didn't hate the thing, okay? But I thought the name was kind of weird, like Karma Barge. Like, I could understand, like, karma being, like, like a karma barge maybe being, like, in the soul system. Or not, I'm not the soul system. In, like, Earth. Like, on Earth. Like, kind of where karma, like, the term karma originated. But, like, on, like, the edge, like, the literal edge of the galaxy, there's something called a karma barge. Just, it's kind of, it's random. Like, pick any other name, like... I don't know, just like throw some random letters of an alphabet together and call it a word. You know well, what I'm that's saying? Like, like the Romulans, the Kwamalat, their way is absolute candor, right? Yeah, that's they just a pretty like earth sounding name. It is. It is. Well, it, but before before we let Chase complain, let me just <laughs> complain a little bit. It, it, it follows a pattern, it, at least to me. This episode was very lazy. There were a lot of very lazy parts of this episode. Um, I mentioned the, C, the the little CGI barge. I thought it looked not great when they when Burnham and Awusakun were traveling in that lame-looking shuttle through space. I thought that that looked pretty bad to me, just to me. Um, and just the 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 plot that we had here, pinning kind of Burnham against Book and their kooky little multi-layered pyramid schemes here it was all it all just kind of felt a little lazy so the karma barge out with you know hologram dragon it just kind of just keeps floating along so okay so the here's here's what i wanted to say um what i wanted to mention before we really talk about the things happening on the karma barge and it's this thing where they're all they're all there together, like Owo 
Burnham, Stamets, Saru, like the whole gang's there, including the president. The president? No, the president's not there. No, but they're all there. Whatever, they're all there. And Burnham starts saying this thing about um, Parathia, the planet where this is, okay? They're going to Parathia, and they say the Federation isn't exactly welcome on Parathia. So once we jump there, Discovery will need to keep its distance. Okay, that's fine. But if the Federation, and by extension, Starfleet, isn't exactly welcome, gents, help me out on this one, because I'm, I'm a dumb captain sometimes. Why would you show up on a planet in straight-up dress uniforms, like regular uniforms, if it's not... Federation and by extension Starfleet friendly. That just makes no sense to me. Because you're trying to establish trust and goodwill. So <sighs> you need to wear your colors proud. But like why but like why do that? Like why not wear like your class B's? Like why not wear like your 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 like your leathers that you wore with like the butterfly people for crying out loud? That's a good question. You, you have you have your away mission attire for a reason. Like it's it's not as formal for one, and I don't, I don't know. Like I don't know. It just seemed like a like a, a a field uniform. The the ones that they wear on the bridge just seems just a little too much, too much in your face. Like intimidation more so than just like a more dressed down away mission uniform. Anyways, that just bugged the crap out of me. Especially with everything that happens afterwards. So, let's keep going. So, we're on the Karma Barge. We have to go through the dragon's mouth um, to get to Wakanda, basically. Right? I didn't even think about that until you just said it. <laughs> we have to go through the panther to get to Wakanda. We have to go through the dragon to get to the Karma Barge, baby. Let's go. On our little egg-looking transporter or a shuttle pod thing. So, we're there. Yeah, but, um, but even before, but, but even before that, I'm, well, I know I'm jumping around. There's, like, the thing is, like, with, I don't know, do you want to just talk strictly about, like, the the book and Tarka thing, or do you want to, how do you want to do this? Because it's it goes back and forth at points. I mean, I think you can summarize it pretty easily. I mean, Tar Tarka and Book are there. They attempt to, you know, pay directly for the what is it again? Isolinium. Or element? Isolinium. Isolinium, yeah. But Book, you know, I guess kind of screwed this guy over once. It's like, it's not enough money. Well, okay, let me help you catch card counters. We'll we'll figure something out to help you out. So it's it becomes fetch quest. And then Burnham and Wusakun come in and it's like, hey, we'll buy it. Oh, but the prices went up. I need more money. And then yeah. we just we have their fetch mission, so Yeah, but like even before there's a clever there's a, a little Easter egg here that I don't know if a lot of people caught. But this guy who's running the casino, I don't even remember his name because he's forgettable. Right? Has Marzo. He's not a cork, right? Uh, he's not memorable. Uh, he has Devor detection like things, right? And the Devor are a species from a fantastic episode of Star Trek Voyager called Counterpoint. 
which Eric loves the episode. I love that episode, right? Yeah. And so that was just like a little, little Easter egg there that I'm, it, not everybody might have picked up on. Yeah, man. Yeah. So yeah, we're we're off doing our doing like a little fetch quest, like Eric yeah. likes to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I didn't use that term. I just said it was repetitive. Well, maybe maybe David created that term for you. I don't know. Anyway. It's fine. Anyway, so book and Tarka are trying to catch a cheater, right? There's right. A, there's a cheater ring out there, and they notice an alien that's, like, blinking his eyes a bunch. Like, oh, that's how he's communicating. You're right, that's how he's communicating. He's blinking his eyes and talking with somebody else. And to me, listen, listen, I both love the reveal of this, and at the same time I went, wait, What? like this there's no cheater ring there's no ring of people communicating trying to swindle this place it's just one person and it's a changeling yep so i was like changelings cool and i thought about it for a second i was like wait what (laughs) first of all i was like okay so like i know we're you know, in the 22nd, 32nd century, right? We're, yeah. we're um, 700 years after Deep Space Nine. Yes, But, like, what happened to the founders? <laughs> like, what, why is there a changeling here? Like, when last we saw the founders, there was a disease, right, spreading through the Great Link that Odo had to go home and, like, give them the cure. Obviously, we have to assume that cure worked, right? But, like, is the Dominion still around? Why is there this one random changeling? Is he one of the 100, just like Odo that got sent out, and he, in 700 years or whatever, he hasn't found his way back to the Great Link? Why is he gambling? Like, why is a fountain? Maybe he's not a fountain. Maybe he's just a changeling. Why, Why is he gambling? Like, what does the founders get out of gambling? Like... I'm confused. At the same time, I love seeing a changeling again because you know I love Deep Space Nine, but I'm just I'm, I need so, I need some more information here before you just throw a, a random changeling at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and then like just randomly like turns into a triple also, and just like rolls away. <laughs> he did turn into a triple. And he like went like all Sonic like I'm just gonna yeah. roll up in a, in a speedy ball and just get the heck out of here. Gotta go fast. <laughs> okay so so yeah and Tarka is able to like you know techno fix something like on the fly to be able to catch this changeling which was kind of cool and he puts him in one of those Star Wars like suspenser things that like Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan got caught in or Obi-Wan and Anakin got with the like, wait we're smarter than this how did this happen <laughs> what was the yeah, there, you know I, what I'm I, talking I, about, David. Suspenser. Thing. Well, isn't that what they call them? Suspenser field. Oh, I I don't know if I've ever heard it. You know what I'm talking about, though, right? <laughs> no, yeah, no, I I get what you mean. I mean, um, what are those things called? Force well, field? I mean, it's just, it's just like a force field. I think there's an extra different name, like an actual It's name. it's very possible. I, I you know, I'm only a detail guy, you know, but not that You detail. know, Eric Eric, let me tell you something. There's this show, okay, that you can listen to 
and they, it's made up of these two well-adept detail guys. And if you ever want to ask a detailed question, such as, what's the name of the, that, like, the super technical name of like that force field thing where they're smarter than this, you can do that by sending a note to TC Plan. <laughs> I hate those guys. <laughs> TC Plan Podcast at gmail.com, I believe is what it is. You can, you can email them, and they might answer it. Might answer it. Just might. saying. Major emphasis on might. Okay. So there's a changeling um, rolling away. We, we caught him in a Pokeball, and we're going to go, you know, do whatever with, with the changeling now. It just disappears now. Can we talk about Owo and, and Mick? I mean, Burnham? Okay, so like, so like, we're all in agreement, bridge crew, three and a half seasons in, very underdeveloped characters, right? That's, that's like, right. that's where we're starting. You know, I know nothing about Detmer. They tried to give her PTSD last season, but they fixed that story in one episode, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know a, a darn thing about Bryce and Reese, right? They're just random Kite guy surfing. over here. Random well, guy yeah, over yeah. here, random guy kite over surfing. there. What? Kite surfing, yeah, one, oh, one of them. Oh, he kite surfs, that's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. so I feel oh, like... Oh, and, and, um, and the other one, the other one, um, The Starfleet. other communications guy they brought in this season. Well, like, no, like, um, um, I was getting mixed up, and I hate it that the, the names sound so alike. Um, he's like, I want to volunteer for this because Starfleet helped me with, like, a tsunami thing, and I want to give back. That's... So we know there that's Reese. Reese, thank you. Okay. God. Yeah, okay. But we 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 the pa- the fact that you can never remember who is who proves my point, right? Yeah. But I feel like Owo is the character I know the most about, right? That's true. In season yes. 2, fantastic episode New Eden. They brought her along on the away mission, right? Uh-huh. That's uh, that's the only time I think she's ever been on an away mission before now, right? That we've seen Right, great episode. We learned she grew up in a Luddite community, and she was very helpful on that away mission. And then we never saw her again there. And then last season, (coughs) I totally thought they were going to kill her in the last episode because we learned something about her. Right, she went cliff diving, and she had to hold her breath, and that's why she could go do the thing or whatever to save the ship. And I was like, oh no, they're going to kill Owo. Don't do it. And they didn't. They didn't. You know, Zora saved her, right? Thanks, Zora. <laughs> Thanks, Zora. And now here, we're getting Owo going on a mission with us again. I'm like, let's do it. Let's let's bring her on a mission. She's your operations officer. She's your data, right? Data went on every away mission, and he was super helpful. This is Owo. She's going, yeah, bring her on an away mission. Like, let's do some science stuff. Let's help. No, that's not that's not what she's there for. Some science stuff. <laughs> Let's do it. Like she's essentially she's your science officer. Operations. She fixes things. She knows how stuff works. She analyzes data. But no. Punch it. Just punch things. Punch it. Like yeah. Like let's just bring her around for female female power, right? Not like not that I have anything wrong with like that. It's just why was it her that was here and why did you use this character in this way 
It made no sense, and it was terrible as far as I'm concerned. You know, I don't want to upset Eric too much, but I might with this comparison. Whenever this fighting scene was going on, this extended fighting scene was going on, um, I was getting some some Sukanse vibes uh, from Voyager. Okay, sure. Um, like this this champion, right, um, in the form of the Rock. Uh, whenever he was still known as the Rock, uh, guest stars on Voyager, and of course Seven of Nine is the one that has to go up against him. And that's go watch. That's a great, 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 great episode. I think it's a great episode of Voyager. Personally, it's a fun one. Popcorn, whatever. Um, I felt like it was like taking a lot of the same story beats, like this guy that's seemingly undefeated or whatever, being challenged by anyone that that's willing to take him on, basically. Um, I just, I don't watch like UFC fights or boxing matches or anything. So I don't know the rules of like, you know, best two out of three and how that kind of stuff works. But like, I would think if you lose, you lose and you're done. Not like, no, 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 uh, double or nothing. No, no, um, 10 to 1. No, 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 um, 40, 45. Like, and it, who it does like that? The, and then it was like the final round, it was so easy. She's like, hits him twice and like chokeholds him and throws him down. Boom. 10 seconds. Like, of course. Like, like uh, okay. Okay, but like, this just, this just is not realistic. I don't care how well trained she is. That other guy was huge, and the other guy was strong. The other guy was experienced. I don't care how well trained she is. That's just not realistic. Well, I don't. It's not. I, you can't convince me it is. Well, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna push back on that a little bit. There are certain styles of martial arts in the 21st century, where that are specifically focused on off balancing like using people's weight against them and and taking advantage of it and leveraging it so it is possible with training that you could use someone's weight and their balance against them to win the problem that i have with this is of course after a third or a fourth or a fifth or however many rounds it ended up being with Owo and this other guy, like of course you're going, like it's you're going to stand a better chance of winning, in theory, by getting the other person more exhausted. Like of course that's going to happen. Like no one's going to be at a hundred percent. Like at that, round three or home, four, that's for the Homer Simpson, right? I, I, well, or more, happen. or more classically, the Muhammad Ali rope dope. Sure, but I would, the Simpsons episode where Homer becomes a boxer and he just takes yeah. punches until the other person's exhausted. Okay. Well, I, I, so th- there are there are precedents in, in MMA specifically where, especially in the early days of like UFC where there were no weight classes like Royce Gracie going up against like legitimate like sumo wrestler type of things was more of a spectacle event. He, he just rolled everybody because nobody understood Brazilian jiu-jitsu at that time. Okay. But... I mean the whole the whole thing here. It, it's it, it's just uh, uh, it's just a ploy, you know. I guess the idea more is that she could beat this guy at any time, but you know they're they're trying to rack the money up. It's the gamble type of deal. But I, I, my my whole thing is we've we've talked about this before. 
about science and like figuring stuff out with your brain this show really isn't about like figuring stuff out with your brain it, it it's been it's been the run and gun it's been the beat em up you know it's been the the physical more than the mental and i i think i i think at that point you could have thought your way out of a lot of these situations without having to go into the octagon so to speak yeah um but dude I, I, I don't know. That's just been the vibe of the show, though. Yeah. Sure. And let's all agree right here and right now to never call her, oh, wow, again. Oh, wow. Like, can we never call her that again? <laughs> that was terrible. Okay. I don't Joanne, wanna, okay, yes. oh, wow. <laughs> like, no, no, just, just no. Well, this was something that kind of did bug me also about this. Up to this point, we've called her Owusakun. Everyone has called her Owusakun. Even Owusakun has called herself Owusakun. And now we're adding an H in there, and now she's Owusakun? Like, I think I, I've always said Owusakun. I've, I've, I've always ever heard you say Owusakun. No, I think I've said it Owusakun. Whatever to, it I ended up being. I tried to judge it up. Give us a judge. <laughs> How'd that go again, Eric? How'd that go again? What? The zhuzh? (laughs) (laughs) Just just pick... I just want them to pick a name and just stick with it. Stick with it. Okay? Just... Okay. Let's play some poker, guys. We we gotta wrap this stuff up here very soon. I mean, like, look, we we gotta gotta get some illegal stuff so that we can do some more illegal stuff and save the day, y'all. So let's play some poker. Poker to decide... Who gets it? Yep, but we're going to bring in two randos who didn't do their own... Emerald Chain holdovers that want to take over for Osira. They didn't do a fetch quest? Yeah, they're going to get in on this game, too. Like, who knows why they want the Isolinium, but they want it for some reason. That's a pretty sweet eyeliner, though. Yeah, they did. (laughs) Yeah. I I think they just need the Isolinium so they could, you know, start their own, like, ice cream stand. Yeah. But, you know, we're playing poker, right? We're playing Space Texas Hold'em, essentially, right? Like, you know, I I get it. I get it that we shouldn't be playing an Earth game. But, like, when you're watching this and you're watching them flip cards, it's not dramatic because you're like, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that card is. Like, so when Book, like, dramatically flips over his cards, I'm like, oh, okay. I, I don't. I like, get it. It's supposed to be dramatic. You're supposed to have a good hand, but I don't know yeah. what it is. Yeah. Well, the other thing too, and this is just super duper minor, but the first couple hands, I thought they were only playing like basically two cards. Everybody just had two cards instead of like, effectively it was Texas Hold'em because you had, you had the five card uh, <clears throat> to go along with your two cards. But it was like, in the first couple hands, it's like, so it's the best two cards win, so... But then all of a sudden, it's like the game got bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, space poker. Woo. Yeah, and, and like, listen, Book and Burnham, they're doing some pretty terrible table talk here. <laughs> like, there's no way this guy who runs a casino who is looking for cheaters. Like, that is, like, the thing that he is doing in this episode. 
I am looking for cheaters. There's no way that these two randos who walk in who are trying to take over the Emerald Chain wouldn't recognize this just blatant communication with people. The guy who runs the casino knows that Book and Burnham were a thing, were an item. Like, there's, it's just, like, there's no way, like, this is terrible. The way nope. they're, they're table talking, oh, I'm gonna put my finger here, or I'm gonna do, I'm well, gonna he, hold my cards He just really wants them to work it out, you know? Like, He's trying to play, like, marriage counselor. It's, but, That's like, right. these other two people, I'm losing. God damn it, how dare you beat me? They didn't ever, like, they would have caught on that these two people were working together. It was pretty obvious. With um, there there was a point during this like this whole thing where we were getting like that high Burnham again that we had last season, and it was just getting like so cringe for me that I'm like, I don't know if I can like actively watch this right now. So like I just started like setting up like my brand new printer while that was going on. I'm like, this is just too cringe, too cringe for me me to handle any more of this. So. Anyway, anyway, long book, book wins. Book wins. Um, Burnham doesn't. Burnham doesn't save the day, which I was happy about. Well, it was all a part of the plan because she knew that she could never beat him. Yeah, she knew. I just knew it. I knew it. And uh, of course, like. Yeah, like she loses, and we're back talking to uh, Vance and Rillick, having you know a book ended stern talking to, which is great. And uh, it's like, oh, but let me tell you what I really did. <laughs> I put a secret little button on it to be tracked. Like a, a very <laughs> like, obvious tracker yeah. on the outside. Yeah, like who's not gonna see that as soon as they pick up the thing? Well, it disappeared. It disappeared. Like it went into the thing. Oh, did it? Yeah, yeah you didn't see that? I didn't like, see that. Scan for tracking devices. That's like, you know, it's not that difficult. I mean, you can do it now with a freaking air tag or the tiles, you know? Like, you ping it. Let, let's let's just ping. Let's ping for, for a freaking tile on our isolinium. But, um, you know, you know, you know, Burnham... I gotta get my arms moving. You know, Burnham, there's not too many people that can surprise me, but you surprised <coughs> me, Burnham. <coughs> Good job. And then Stamets comes in. Everyone, come here. I've got something to tell you. I found a blob in space. <laughs> and, um, uh, and, uh, we, 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 We've noticed some stuff, so let's let's learn more about this stuff. Which, after like some random dialogue about like Boronite, Boronite, of course, ha, ha, ha. No, I mean first, I think we should just describe like the setup because this is actually interesting. I think this is like okay. the interesting part of this episode. Yeah, the last like two minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, so. You know, they, they, I don't know, I don't know if he needed, like, the star maps or the star charts that supposedly Burnham was going. I don't know if he used those or not. Like, 
you did you didn't enjoy the liquid gel capsule in space? Well, no, but like, did Stamets need the like star charts or whatever that presumably we went to this planet for? Did he use those? I I don't know. I don't if that was just like a MacGuffin or like something to get us there. Like, um, but no, he he finds this like hole, this blob in space where there's like nothing there, and it's like giant, right? You can fit a star and like at least three orbiting bodies inside this blob in space. Mm-hmm. Right? And this is this is where this is where it is. This is where they are, right? We don't know what's in there, but this is it. This is the place we need to go. We can't scan inside of it. It's like a giant Faraday cage. And then Burnham is like instantly figures it out, right? Just like this is one of the, it's like things happen too fast on this show. Like like in the first episode with the butterfly people, Burnham was able to fix their problem like lickety split. In the episode with the rogue Kawat Malat people, Burnham was able to fix that alien ship lickety split. And now here she's oh, she figures it out in like 2 seconds, right? Zora, scan the areas where the DMA has been. I know what's going on here. Boronite like, how does she know that so quickly? She worked. At, she she was trained at the Vulcan Science Institute. Like, like this part of the this part at the end, this could have been an episode in itself, right? We're we're figuring this out. We got a science team. We're we're going through the data, and we're figuring it out. Oh, look. We noticed something. There's Boronite missing. What does this mean? You could have built an episode around this right. scene. Right. Like a good Star Trek episode. Bring in Data and Geordi and we'll science the heck out of it. We'll, we'll, we'll test out a prototype laser right next to the warp core and see what happens. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, again, that's the point. We're, we're not really a science show here. We're, we're an action show, so... Yeah. You need those quick explanations to get back to the action. So, I I don't know, you know, the the non-American measurements like I, I probably should when it comes to metric. Kilometers. Uh, yeah. One so, mile is 1.6 kilometers. Yeah, a 5K is uh, 3.2 miles. I know that. I got that. Yes. So, they said that, this, that the, the DMA was what? 280 million kilometers across, I believe. That sounds about right. So it can house not just like, I think like a, like a, a, a planet or, or something, or like a sun, but also like... three At least three orbiting bodies was what yes. Van said. So I, I did the math for any of the, the people that use um, Imperial, not metric. So that is 173,983,933.826 miles. That's that's a lot of mileage right there, baby. It's a lot of mileage. You don't need a few oil changes between when you start and when you finish. I'm just saying. Ooh, lordy. But yeah, like that's that sucker is huge. I mean, not that 279 or 280 million kilometers isn't but like good grief that thing's huge that's huge so um 
And then we learned Sora, she does her scan, right? Everywhere where the DMA's been, there's no Boronite to be found. They've been taking it all. They've been taking it all. They've been mining it, right? The DMA Mm -hmm. is a mine, right? It's a mining device, right? Right. They're dredging. Just like Nero's ship. Right. Right. And... The, the Boronite is in turn used for essentially powering some very powerful weapons, essentially. Not, not necessarily powerful weapons. Well, it could be. Just, it could be, though. Yeah, well, just, I mean, the, the point is, is if, if this is their mining equipment, what are their weapons like, basically? Right. right. Imagine how powerful they could be. For sure. So they're, they're probably a bunch of pacifists, just like, yeah, you should have just, like, knocked. Why didn't you just come knock? You could have like come enjoy paradise. And we would have given, given you some of our fancy technology with its extreme oh, yeah. power. Come on down. Have some froyo, y'all. It'll be great. Let's have some froyo. Oh, Lordy mercy. Okay. So Rillick is like, oh shoot, y'all. You know what this means? We gotta stop Rillick. We gotta stop Book. All costs. Because if they try and do something, man, stuff's going to hit the fan real quick before you can say, let's fly. You know what I'm saying? So we got we got to shut this, this thing down real quick before things get worse. Um, and Burnham, you know, the episode ends with like, I know, with like a deep sigh, basically. And that's the show. That's the show. Um, hanging out at a casino fighting, seeing a changeling, playing some poker, and having a stern talking to at the beginning and end. That That's the show. That was the grand show. return after six weeks. Yep. This, so, th- this. Any any other thoughts about um, like anything that needed to be pointed out um, before we move on to stuff? No. no. I, I do want to just say one thing that I did like um, when it comes to like the counselor mental health stuff that we've been seeing all season. I did appreciate the meltdown that Culber had, because I did think that's re- I do think that's real, um, especially like with students and new professionals, they experience that. Like, it's my job. Like, I am responsible for my client, like in their health, their mental health. Yes, but the whole point, like Stamets pointed out, is like you show them. Right, like you show them the way. You don't. You are not responsible for it. So um, I, I really, really like that. Um, how that all happened. And there was a quote somewhere around here. Um, if I can even find the dang thing. I guess I can't find it. It's fine. Um, but I, I, I really like that scene. Um, it, it was very real, very accurate that I think every single mental health, every, every single person that's in the helping profession has gone through at some point in the profession. So anyways, that being said, let's move on to, um, I guess, evaluations. So let's start with a Delta. I think I know how this conversation is going to go, but we're going to go there anyway. Um, <laughs> this is your first time listening. The Delta is where we evaluate um, how the different... Um, areas of Starfleet service have uh, been represented in this particular episode, uh, looking at command with leadership type stuff, leadership theory, leadership de- decisions, mentoring, et cetera, et cetera, science with science, 
and also um, engineering and um, operations and how that works out in terms of like techno babble and other stuff related to that. So let's um, let's go ahead and start with uh, with David on this one. What do you think, man? Oh, um, well, I, I mean, I guess from a, from a science as- aspect, there it was quick, but there was at least some sort of scientific explanation. You know, and, uh, whether they use the star charts or whatever, I'm just going to assume they did. The Boronite, <clears throat> quick explanation, stuff like that, so... I mean, I guess there's a, a mild argument to give give a piece of science here because we are kind of involving that. Um, operations, though, I mean, there was an operation going on here, albeit a little, a little comical, a little little juvenile in a way. Um, but I, it's not really up to Star Trek standard. I, I would I would probably put in there and command. I mean. I would probably be okay with a little bit of command here just because... So, Burnham brings Awusakun along because she was having some trouble in whatever last episode or an episode when she kind of talked back mildly to Saru. So, she's trying to sort of reinforce that relationship and maybe bring her back and like, hey, you know, let's let's figure out how you fit in. Although that was kind of a little dubious. Um you know the the, pre- the president and her sort of dress downs uh, again we've all kind of been a, a decent fan of her but really with with uh, with Admiral Vance you know no matter what you kind of think about like Burnham and, and sort of the almost Mary Sue aspect that the fact is is that she's the main character and he is attempting to utilize her in quotations talents to further on the cause so that's at least uh, a good thing and she did kind of deliver there an answer at the end so that the ends justify the means so i think you could give command a little piece of science but operations i didn't really see it okay eric what are your thoughts man engineering big fat no Right? Big fat nose. Okay. Um, yeah, like the show, the episode had a science discussion at the beginning, right? There, hey, we we got this reading at the Galactic Rim. There's these people, you know, just right there, and I'll go through some more data. No, Zora will do it. There's a science scene there. We end with a science scene, right? We're, we're doing science, right? We're, we found a blob in space, and we have an explanation, right? So I'm okay with giving it to science, right? I'd like to see more of it because I think that's actually interesting. Yeah. But I think I'm going to give it to science. I think I'll give a science. I'll be generous there. Okay. And, like, command. This is where I struggle because I don't like Michael Burnham. Let's just, I mean, I think that's pretty obvious by now. Right? I don't think she's been... I don't think she was... <coughs> I don't think she was ready. I've been kind of impressed with her this season and some of the decisions she made. Specifically, I think, the Stormy Weather episode where they went into the thing and she's like, now nah, we're leaving. 
right? We're leaving, right? When she never would have said that before. Like, she made the right decision. But, like, I'm struggling with the fact that would Michael Burnham have basically to- told the president and the admiral to basically F off had Admiral Vance not come to her and given her, like, the wink, right? Right? Would she have, like, reverted back to that? And I think she would have. I really do. Had had she not been given, like, the wink, I really think she just would have, like, reverted back to where she's been. So there's something to be said for, I think, Admiral Vance recognizing that. I think he knew probably that she was going to do that. So that's why he came to her and kind of gave her the wink in this side mission. So to me, I think that is leadership. I think that's command when he recognizes, like, the behavior and that and the personality of somebody under his command. And he's, you know, he's, he's working them, right? He's managing them. So I think there is command there. Um, I was not impressed with President Rillick this episode. I think we've all, like David said, been impressed with her. I was not. Like, she gave them a tongue lashing at the beginning. To me, that's not command as far as I'm concerned, right? I don't think she showed good leadership there. I don't think she showed good leadership at the end of the episode either. So I'll, I'll give a little piece of command there. I'll give a full science and engineering like you might as well cut that out of the incident. <laughs> so the the one air the only the only area that I could potentially justify engineering slash operations getting recognition isn't even with a Starfleet character. And that's with that's with our boy Tarka, who does some quick on the fly Technoing of stuff to reprogram whatever handheld device he had to trap the changeling. That's about it, though. It's not a Starfleet character, so I can't really give a Starfleet engineering delta to a non-Starfleet person. Even though, I mean, he's like a what a a Federation like consultant. He's, he's like, like a subcontractor. He's like Dr. Daystrom before the Daystrom Institute existed, right? There you go. So, I mean, I guess maybe. I guess I could maybe give it. Like, why not? Why not? Because um, that was that was pretty smart. Like, hey, you know, you just keep an eye on this, this person. Like, just keep eyes on him while I do this thing real quick. And, like, you see him, like, actively working. Like, reprogramming whatever it is he was reprogramming to get it to work. And it worked, which is good. Um, of course, science. I'm I'm on board with you, you gents on on that stuff. Like, especially like with the conversation there at the end. But I'm I'm right there with you, Eric. Like, this was like the first episode where I just really wasn't impressed with Rillick this time. Um, like she was kind of a letdown, and she's been my favorite character I think this season so far. Um, I just wasn't impressed with her. So hopefully it'll turn around and it's not a, a continued like a downward trajectory from here on out with her. I, I want her to improve. I mean, I don't want a show to fail by any means, but um, anyway. Uh, so I guess like for me, it's mainly just, it's it's certainly the science and then like 
an honorable mention, like a yeah, I guess so when it comes to engineering. So let's go ahead and get into our um, our numerical rating. Uh, scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a dumpster fire, 10 being absolutely amazing. How would you rate this show, Eric? This is how I felt watching this episode. Okay, for anyone that can't see Eric in listener land, it's uh, Face Palm Picard. No, I, I think David said it best earlier in this episode, and I it's like the perfect word. This episode was lazy. It really was. Like, nothing about this was well made. The writing wasn't good. I don't think the acting was good. The visuals weren't good. The directing certainly wasn't. It's just like, it was lazy. I mean, and I... I feel like this story with the DMA has been dragged out like too long it's not it, I don't think it's big enough to, to fit this season and it's just it was boring I was bored watching this episode I was like I couldn't even get through like 10 minutes before I was like pulling out my phone and like looking on it and, like I normally can give the episode one time with no distractions but I like I was so bored watching this episode, and I just kept thinking to myself, I waited six weeks for this? This is the episode that they just that they brought back six weeks after a six-week break? It, it just didn't make You figured there would be something big. like, And I guess maybe they're, the writers are thinking the reveal at the end is the big thing, but that's like two minutes at the end of like a 55 minute. This episode was long, too. It was like 55 minutes, and it was long and slow and boring and lazy. Tell us how you really feel, Eric. I, I, it's like, I, this, I just did not like this episode. And like, man, I don't like, I don't want to be like super hard on this, but like I gave the last episode Chase just showed us all of our ratings. I gave the last episode a 6.2. And that episode is like way better than this episode. Like way better. Oh, shoot. In the in the, but, the season premiere you gave um, a five. Yeah, but this episode is nowhere near as bad as that episode. That episode was terrible. Like I like that episode was terrible. The Kobayashi Maru. Wow. This, oh, I mean, like, I'm struggling here because this I did not like this. I did not like this at all. Um, I'm, man, I guess I should just pick a number, but like this episode has a five and six point two. This apparently. episode has a five point one on IMDb, which gosh, I mean, the, the, the every episode has been flamed. Yeah, the highest, the highest rated episode on IMDb is a five point six for this season. So like uh, yeah, they're they're on there. They're flaming it. But like something about like 5.4 just rings to me. Okay. Like bad, just bad. Okay. David, you're up, man. Uh yeah. Um I I think the thought with this particular episode was this will be fun guys right it'll be fun it's kind of like a it's kind of like an older millennial on tiktok it's like this will be fun guys i can do the the dances and the floss and all that stuff and <laughs> and and it just you know it it felt pretty flat it, it, there, there was really no connection 
with the universe that this is supposed to embody. There's very little science. There's really nothing operationally going on. And command's been spotty. And, and even character development, which I keep talking about, has been, you know, non-existent. You had the chance here to really do something interesting with Awusakun, who is really the only character that we've kind of learned anything about from the bridge crew, which has always been the focal point of, of any Star Trek show. I mean, you, you senior staff, the bridge crew, this is who we learn about. They have their episodes, they grow, and we learn more about them. We just really haven't gotten that, and all we got out of Wusakun is that she knows how to hustle in, a, in, in an octagon. So... And it was, it was just kind of like zany, like like you're watching Looney Tunes on Saturday morning, where it's just one kooky caper after another. Sure. And that's just not really not really what I'm looking for personally, but I'm sure that there are people that like that kind of stuff. Although, again, the flame's on for the entire season. Flame on. Uh, yeah. But, um... Visually, I didn't think it was very inspiring. Uh, th- there were points where I just thought it, it it just wasn't very very well finished and the, the, the plot seemed kind of lazy. Um, overly reliant on the, the attempts at Easter eggs, which seems to be a... I mean, that was a running theme in Lower Decks. How much Star Trek can we stuff into Star Trek? And... Um, I don't know. It, it, it just it, it tried to pull on strings. It just wasn't quite plucking right. So for me, and, and, and to kind of echo Eric, it's like you, you're, you're coming off of a long layoff, and this is this is what you have. It's a little little disappointing. So, um, and I, I think I think in, in most sense, I've I've probably been a little bit more complimentary to this season than than perhaps the two of you have at points and I and I really hate to like pile on but th- this episode didn't do anything for me at all and it was it was long Eric is totally right it was like way too long so I'm actually gonna probably camp out on this at like a 5.2 okay that leaves it with me then to, to bring balance to the ratings Okay, here we go. Um, so, this show, uh, <laughs> this, not the show, but this episode, I, like Eric, uh, when, I, when I watched it this morning, I put it on, and I just start watching, and I'm like, oh, shoot, Vance is not happy. Let's, let's go. And then, like, it just, like, like, the momentum just, like, was, like, lost I felt and I just started like piddling um, like just doing different things like I started re re um, organizing my desk <coughs> and doing other things here in the office um, watching it and I just wasn't interested and like the last time that something like that has happened with a, with a, a series like a TV series that I've enjoyed was with Doctor Who and I I would like Doctor Who was always a show that was like glued to my TV like hurry up and run, use the restroom, get whatever but like you don't want to miss a single second of it. I was like glued to my screen up until a certain point um, when with Doctor Who 
and it was like the same same experience I was having with today uh, with you know with watching this this new episode all in um, after coming back from like a six week break uh, while we watched Prodigy and I was bored to tears um, and I'm like okay great they played poker and they fought and they did something and the shuttlecraft by the way looked more like it was a shuttlecraft from the Orville than it was actually from Star Trek like this looks like it has nothing to do with the discovery like did they just borrow an asset from the Orville and just use it I guess so um, oh and by the way one thing we neglected to mention is um, has uh, Mazzaro also said to, um, in the poker match don't be an Armus by the way I don't know if y'all missed that little Easter egg, but don't be an armist, otherwise I'll throw you out of here or something like that. Um, I don't... I, honestly, like, the rating that I had even before coming in to talk to y'all was lower than both of y'all. Oh, wow. Ooh. <laughs> oh, whoa. <laughs> oh, whoa. <laughs> and... I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna do this. I think I'm gonna. Uh, this might be a first where I've gone way lower than Eric on this. This is gonna be a first for the show. The rating I'm giving, without any more pomp and circumstance and extending this out, is just a straight up four point two. Yo, <laughs> like, what did not what, like this episode? What? What does it come to where I gave the highest rating? I yeah. need to re. I need to rethink this. Like, I was counting on you, Chase. You were the chosen one. You were supposed to bring balance to this show. I was supposed to be the low one. Is this the first time I've ever given the highest rating of the three um, of us? Let's see here. Like, whoa. Oh, no, I, I probably gave a higher rating to Stormy Weather because I actually like that episode. Stormy Weather. Yeah, uh, that was the one I went really low. Yeah, I Stormy Weather, you gave it an 8. Yeah. David gave it a 6.5, and I gave it a 7.4. Okay, okay, so, wow. Okay. <sighs> well, at least I've been the lowest at least once. That, that makes me happy. <laughs> oh, I was not expecting. I thought I was, when I did 5.4, I was going low. Yeah, like, I watched it, and, like, the first number that came to mind, like, watching it the first time was 4.2, and I watched it again, and I'm like, still 4.2. Wow. So w one other thing that I, I just kind of popped up in my head. Are, are we just ready for, like, this science guy to just go full con yet? Like, can we just get him to, like, just go full bad guy can, can yet? We, can, we, can we get him to go full Zorin? Yeah. There we go. Zorin. Yeah. Zorin, yeah. 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 Like, go full Zorin. Like, blow up a planet to achieve <laughs> your goal of getting back to the Nexus or the, your alternate universe. Like, do it. Just what if it is the nexus? Plot bomb. twist. Plot like, twist. It. it is the nexus. That's like, this alternate Zorin. universe. Like he's like mad sci the greatest mad scientist in Star Trek history. Wow. Yeah. Just there do we go. it. Blow up your bomb. Like blow a planet bum, up. Bum, 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 bum. Who cares? <laughs> is it? Is this the lowest rated? This can't be the lowest rated episode we've ever done, is it? I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, well, I mean, like... I've, about, this what way, about, I've never what given about, out a four. What about Terra Firma Part 1? That Terra was or Terra Firma Part 1, right? 
the first part of the two-part episode where Giorgio went back to the Mirror Universe last season through the Guardian of Forever, which I gave a 4.5 to, which I thought would be the lowest rating we'd ever give to an episode on this show. <laughs> but I, I mean, I can, I could try and find it like on the fly real quick. Someone talk about something. I mean, I know Chase was like flamed uh, um, Unification 3, but I don't think either David or I was that harsh on it. Yeah, I, I know I wasn't as harsh on that. I, I distinctly remember liking that better. I know we didn't, we weren't doing the recaps then, but um, when I watched um, Lower Decks Season 1, the pilot episode, I rated that, you know, that episode Second Contact, I rated that myself a 2.5, 2.5. Because that episode was garbage. Yeah, I, I can't find the, the ratings. I guess I wasn't recording them at that point for some reason. But I can get it, and we can revisit that. Don't worry. Yeah. But sorry, the be- sorry the everyone. The best of the worst episode. <laughs> and we, the worst. we did an award show where we gave out the worst episode. We did. Right? And they went to Second Contact. Yeah. That was yep. Bad. That was, oh, uh, wait, I just found it. Our season three ratings for for Discovery. Oh yeah, I forgot. I, did I got that. that. Um, the lowest rated episode of season three on average. Oh, I'm sorry. I gave Terra Firma part one not a four and a half. I gave it a three and a half. <laughs> uh, and the average rating between the three of us for Terra Firma part one is a four point five. The average rating for the three of us for Terraforma Part 2 was also a 4.5. Oh, boy. Because we, we all three of us, like, the highest on Terraforma Part 1, Chase gave a 5.7. I gave it a 3.5. David gave it a 4.2. Terraforma Part 2, Chase gave a 5.0. I gave a 4.5. And David gave a 4. There we go. So that those okay. two episodes, terrible. So, today's um, so tonight's average between the three of us for this episode is a four point nine three. So, by the way, so, de- so not we've rated two episodes lower than that. Wow. Okay. Well, now that we've done that, let's move on to something a little bit happier, right? The the reason people listen to this show. The Twitter poll. Okay, everyone. So. Eric, as you know, David, as you know, I poll the people of the Twitter, of the Twitterverse, of the Twitter land. But the most important burning questions that the Star Trek fandom is asking, like the, the we have to know the answer to this definitively through a random Twitter poll. So the inquiry was, um, who would you go all in on in a game of poker? Okay. So your choices were, Book, Burnham, Data, Riker. So, like, if I'm going all in on them, I think I can either beat them or I can bluff them out and get them to fold. Or, like, you're, you're like, standing behind them, I guess. I mean, it's, it's open interpretation, I suppose. I mean, I think those are two different answers, right? Um. I think the guy I'm standing behind, like, the guy that I think is going to win the game is Will Riker. 
Okay. Right? Okay. What were the choices? Book, Burnham, Data, Riker. Yeah, I'm just going to pick Riker. Okay. Who would you pick, David? Oh, I put this... I, I kind of thought about this a different way. Like, if I was, you know, like, playing poker against the person, who would I go all in and knowing that I could beat them? That's sort of how I read it. Okay. And, I mean, it's 100% Burnham because she starts to act ridiculous when she plays poker. <laughs> I, no, like, I mean, I... Like, Data doesn't understand the rules, like... But he did. He did get better later. Yes. <laughs> so are we talking about the very first like poker game of data? Okay, that uh, yeah, you could make a case for that. But but uh, book and Riker we know can win. So I would be more hesitant to go against them than the than the other two. Okay. I've only seen Burnham play cards once and. Oh, what a good hand! You know, just that sort of thing went on. I was like, oh, yeah. okay. All right, I'm going to crush you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, here we go. Here, here is the, the results. The results from this particular Twitter poll, uh, we have a two-way tie for last place uh, with 10%, both getting 10% apiece, and that is book and data. Okay. Uh, second place with 30% of the vote. Burnham with 50% going to Riker so there you go I think most people were probably thinking of it the way I did like who would you go yeah, yeah I think who would you so. stand behind <laughs> who, who's the guy you think's gonna win who are you putting yeah, your see, money on yeah yeah that, I mean that would make sense yeah. that way I just read it the other way well there we go there we go y'all so yeah this is this is certainly an upset, like with uh, with the deltas, with the numerical ratings. But um, at least we ended on a high note with a Twitter poll, with Riker winning the Twitter poll. So good job, command uh, commander slash captain slash admiral slash whatever, Riker. Good job, he did a thing. Guys, thanks for uh, for joining me joining me um, on this. Look, I think it's it's been finally determined that there are going to be thirteen episodes of this season. Um, so that means that after, now that we've covered this, we have, what, four more episodes, I, I believe? Yeah, four more episodes. Five, um, five more episodes. Two, three, nine. Yeah, five, sorry, five, five, yeah. 13. Yeah, five more episodes um, to get through, and that's going to be overlapping with Picard. So uh, that's going to be fantastic, overlapping for three weeks. So we have three weeks of just Discovery and then three weeks with Discovery and Picard. So that's going to be awesome. Um, so we'll uh, we'll let you know like kind of like what the release schedule is going to look like once um, once we're double dipping basically, and if the guys even want to do this anymore. So um, anyway, everyone, this thank is you the so highlight much. Highlight of the, watching the episode is this discussion. There we go. There we go. That's that's a good spin. That's a good reframe right there, Eric. Well done. Well done. All right, everyone. Well, um, what y'all think of the episode? Did you? rate it as a 4.2 or were you more generous like Eric and give it a 5.4 or maybe you gave it something higher than that I don't know um, the fact that Eric gave it the highest rating is just blowing all of our minds right now so good job L Lieutenant Commander Eric well done um, in all seriousness though we would like to know you know what you thought of the show uh, what your thoughts opinions was it like something that was very poignant that stuck out to you that was very memorable that you enjoyed 
Maybe there was something that you completely hated that you want to let us know about. Um, whatever it might be, let us know. You can learn more about us and share your comments and show ideas and stuff like that all at trtvpod.com. Um, we are on all the things on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at trtvpod. Uh, and by the way, if you just want to send us an email, like more long-form kind of communication, make sure you open up hailing frequencies and enter in trtvpod at gmail.com. You can also send us a voice-only transmission to 817-752-4757. Remember, there's a three-minute limit before we uh, we spore jump up on out of here and do whatever it is we're going to do. Um, so be quick about it. And finally, if you do want to mail us something, like something that's going to stop a changeling in its tracks, that would be fantastic. I need that, by the way. That just sounds pretty dope. Uh, make sure it gets to the Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas, 76098. Everyone, thank you so much for listening, and as always, remember to boldly go and make it so.